particular. He took three or four paces, then stopped. He was either hesitating or concentrating on staying upright. When he reached the canal, he collided with the metal railing which clanged, started down the stone steps, and found himself on the unloading wharf. The outlines of boats were clearly picked out by the moon. Their names were as easy to read as in broad daylight. The nearest barge, which was separated from the quayside by a plank which served as a gangway, was called the Golden Fleece. There were other boats behind it, both to the left and right, and they were at least five rows deep, some with holds open near a crane waiting to be unloaded, others with their prows nudging the gates of the lock through which they would pass at first light, and lastly, those hulks which are always to be seen, God knows why, loitering in and around canal ports, apparently having outlived their usefulness. The old man, all alone in this motionless universe, hiccuped and stepped onto the plank, which bent under him. When he got to the middle, it occurred to him to turn round, perhaps for a sight of the windows of the bar. He managed the first part of the action, swayed, straightened his back, and found himself in the water, hanging on to the plank with one hand. He had not cried out, he hadn't even gasped. There had been only a faint splash, which was already fading, for the man was barely moving. His forehead was furrowed as if something was forcing him to think. He braced his arms to haul himself up onto the plank. He failed, tried again, eyes staring, breathing heavily. On the quayside, pressed close against the stone wall, two lovers listened motionless, holding their breath. A car horn sounded in Charenton. All of a sudden there was a howl, an extraordinary wail, which tore through the all-enveloping calm. It was the old man in the water who was straining his throat in panic, He was no longer making any attempt to think. He was struggling like a madman, kicking out with his legs, making the water boil. Then other sounds were heard round about. There was a stir on board a barge. Elsewhere the voice of a still half-sleeping woman spoke. "'Aren't you going to see what it is?' Doors opened higher up on the quayside, the doors of both bars. The couple under the wall moved apart, and the man said under his breath, "'Quick, go home!' He took a few steps hesitated, and then called out, Where? He heard the cry. It came again. Other voices came nearer, and people leaned over the railing. What's happened? The young man broke into a run and answered, I don't know yet. It's that way. In the water. His girlfriend remained where she was, her hands clasped together, not daring to advance or retreat. I can see him. Come, quick. As the shouts grew feebler, they turned into desperate gurgles, The young man could make out hands clinging to the plank and a head sticking out of the water, but he had no idea what to do. He waited with his face turned towards the steps that led down to the wharf and kept repeating, Come, quick! A voice said tonelessly, He's gassin. Seven men now arrived, the five drinkers from one bar and two from the other. Come nearer, you take one arm and I'll get the other. Go careful on the plank. It sagged beneath their weight. From a hatch on the barge, a female figure, all in white, with fair hair, started to emerge. "'Have you got him?' The old man was no longer shouting. He hadn't passed out. He was staring straight in front of him, uncomprehendingly, making no attempt to help his rescuers. They hauled him up out of the water by stages. He was so limp that he had to be dragged onto the wharf. The figure in white walked across the gangplank. She was young, wearing a long nightdress with nothing on her feet— and the moonlight which lit her from behind picked out the lines of her naked body under the cotton. Only she still stared down at the water, which was becoming calm again, 
and then it was her turn to scream as she pointed at something as hazy and pallid as a jellyfish. Two of the men who were tending the boatman turned to look, and when they too saw the milky patch on the black water, they felt the same chill run up and down their spine. Over there! There's a... They all looked, forgetting the boatman, who lay flat out on the stones of the wharf, which was crisscrossed by water runaways. Bring us a boat hook! It was the girl who fetched one from the deck of the barge and handed it to them. It was no longer the same, neither the atmosphere nor even the temperature of the night air. It felt suddenly colder, with pulses of warm air. Have you got him? The iron tip of the boat hook moved through the water, prodding the shapeless mass in an attempt to hook it. One man, lying flat on his stomach on the plank, was stretching with one hand, trying to get hold of the clothes on the body. And in the night, on the barges, there was a stir. People were there, standing, waiting and not speaking.